The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Stand up on your feet, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew. Oh, Pastor Vince, you were going to pray, weren't you? Why don't you pray for, our, why don't you pray for the uh, reading of the word? Let's read it first, though. Matthew chapter 16. Come on up here, my brother. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Would you pray for our time, Pastor Vince, and pray for me too, please. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We pray, God, for... Pastor Daniel, Lord, to bring forth the word as you have given it to him, Lord. Without hindrance, without reserve, God. Deliver your word as you delivered it to him, to, his, to your people, God. And we ask your blessing on this service. We may not only be hearers of the word, but be doers also. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' amen. name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We've been in the midst of a series on Wednesday, though we took leave of that series during the holidays, preaching some special messages. But I want to return to it tonight. And the series is on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The biggest hindrance, I believe, to a move of, of the Holy Spirit in your own personal lives, the biggest hindrance, I believe, to the hindrance of revival is me, us, self. Somebody asked me, what do you think is the biggest stronghold in America? See, it's easy. It's the idol of self. Many years ago, and some of you remember the four spiritual laws that were put together as a little pamphlet, four spiritual laws. I talked about it not long ago. Bill Bright, Campus Crusades for Christ, put together that, that witnessing pamphlet. And uh, we used to hold it and go witnessing. It was a track. You remember tracks? Tracks, are, tracks were the thing for a while. And then it became like T-shirts and modern-day tracks. And actually, I think they're coming back a little bit now. But they're powerful, powerful tracks. I know people that have been saved because somebody left a little track, heaven or hell, on their, on their car. And they read it and they gave their heart to Jesus. And so there was this four spiritual laws. And... And one of those was, was talking about self. You have to, if your self is on the throne, then you're going to have a lot of pain. Galatians talks about that. You've got to get off the throne. You've got to get off the throne of your life and give it to the Lord. One preacher said he's the Lord of all. If he's not the Lord of all, he's not the Lord at all. And many people have a... Uh, 
a partition in their life. They have like a, a church life and a secular life. You can't really separate. You can't separate the truth, the two. Politicians say, that's my private life. Well, buddy, your private life will soon be your public life. Here we see Peter and... Uh, just prior to this, he's asked, who do you say I am? I remember hearing a message from Pastor Vince preached years and years ago. Who do you say I am? Powerful word. They're asked, who do you say I am? Peter came up with the right answer. Do you ever remember, remember what it was like having the right answer in school? Well, you raised your hand and they're like, yes, Jane, you're the Christ. That's right. Ding, 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 ding. You, your father's revealed that to you. Hey, I'm a prophet. I, God, the father talks to me. I mean, Peter gets the answer right. It's amazing. And it really is revelation. He gets the right answer. Who do men say I am? You're the Christ. But the next moment, Jesus is revealing what he's going to do. He's going to Jerusalem and he's going to die. And the star student says, oh, no, 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 you're not. You're not going to Jerusalem to die. That'll never happen. And he declares that that's never going to happen. He rebukes the Lord. I mean, that's kind of terrifying. And, and Pastor Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. That's quite a correction to... Peter, get behind me, Satan. And in doing so, he re reveals to us in one moment how instead of allowing the Spirit of God to speak to us, you are the Christ, allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us, that in one moment, we can shut down the anointing and actually allow for Satan to use us. Oh, snap. Ponder, what was the real problem with Peter? Look, we live in a world where that's possible. It's possible that Satan can use your mouth. That's if you don't get yourself off the throne. The very thing that happened to Peter is the very thing that the devil tempted Jesus with. A shortcut to, to salvation. A shortcut to the, to the fulfilling of the Father's call for his very life on earth. The basis of all temptation is self-preservation. Let me run that through again. The basis of all temptation is self-preservation. And it's ironic because God puts a drive in us to live. He puts a, a drive in us to survive. Yet at the same time, self-preservation can go beyond its limits and begin to exercise self, which is very contrary to the, the plan of God many times. Our desire to preserve ourselves can become a foundation stone at which Satan can destroy you. Let me say that again. Your desire to preserve self and to get your needs met and to, and to take care of you, me, 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 myself, and I, the unholy trinity, your desire to do that can shut down the power of God, shut down the anointing, shut down the Holy Spirit, and allow actually for Satan then to use you. As a believer, as a believer, absolutely. Smile at somebody and say, aren't you glad you came Wednesday night? Go ahead, smile at them. <laughs> self can be an idol. It, it, it can be an idol. And it's got to be dealt with as we read in the text. Galatians 2.20, if you put that up on the screen. A favorite scripture of mine. I have many favorites. In the NIV, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow. Come on, someone say, I've been crucified. And that's the truth of it. And that's why you have to declare yourself dead to sin. Reckon yourself dead. Read Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 8. There's a law, there's laws at work. There's God's law. There's a law of sin and death. But there's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. There's three laws. God's law. The Torah. Every Jew would tell you the Torah is God's law. Do you have to obey the Ten Commandments? Put it simply, the answer is yes. Can you? No. Problem. What's the problem? Sin and death. That's the law that's at work in your members. The law that's at work in your body. 
fallen human nature. You battle against that. So just because you got saved doesn't mean you're not in a fight. Oh, you in a fight. Oh, yeah. Battlefield of the mind. We've got a small group on it, I think, that's starting. Powerful time. You've got to wage warfare. You have to war not only against your flesh, but you've got to war against powers and principalities, against demon spirits. There's both? Yes. Yes, there is. But the good news is, everybody say it's good news. The good news is he's given you the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I've been crucified with Christ. Can you say that? I've been crucified with Christ. The Bible says if anyone does not crucify his passions and desires, then he does not belong to the Lord. (laughs) Whoa. Every symbol in Christianity, baptism, the old man is dead and now you're alive in Christ. The cross, crucifixion, resurrection, all the symbols in Christianity, all of them, they all point to the same truth. You've got to get your life off the throne. You've got to wage war against your flesh. Galatians talks about that. As I said, Galatians chapter 5. And, you know, we really uh, love ourselves too much. Somebody said suicide is the ultimate self-hatred. Actually, you can look at it the other way around. There's so much idol in in, in suicide. And my, my life has been touched by people who have committed suicide. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I could tell you stories, all kinds of stories. It is, uh, they're my least favorite types of funerals. You say, do you like funerals? I like victorious funerals. Sure. Somebody lives an old age and goes off to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Jack, that was a great funeral. He's in heaven, man. We see him later. He's skipping, dancing. He's preaching. He's gone crazy in, in the Holy Ghost. The streets of gold. We don't have to, it was us that miss him. That was a glorious homecoming, you know. Died in his own home with his family around him. Singing hymns. Come on, Jesus. I mean, it's going to be either that or I'm going to be preaching. It's either one of those two. Or, or I'm going to go up in the twinkling of an eye. Can somebody say amen? The suicide is you love yourself so much that you think it'd be better for you to take your own life. Listen, this is going to sting a little bit. Um, so, you know, fasten your seatbelt and put your trays in the upright lock position. Hold on a second. All right. I know God's merciful, and so I'll say that before I tell you the story that I just heard. There was recently, as in a few days ago, suicide in one of the villages. And um, one of our people was talking to me about a relative who's a believer, loves the Lord, and went to uh, go to sleep. I think it was sleep or a dream or a vision. I don't know what you What's the difference? Visions when you're awake, dreams when you're sleeping. So if you have a, if you have a, it could be open vision, it could be closed vision. Anyway, it's a dream or vision, something like that. And this precious saint goes to heaven. This lady, this grandma goes to heaven and she's in heaven. And while she's in heaven, she sees all of the relatives of her family that have gone, that have gone, that have died, that have gone to heaven. And she was greeting them and saying hi to them and going down the line. And then she got to that one who committed suicide but he wasn't there. He, she looked and he was not there. He wasn't there. And she realized he wasn't there. And she looked through all the faces and realized he's not here. Boom. Vision over. Back to back. Woke up. Whatever the case may be. And, and she was impressed to share that. Now, if you've had a loved one that took their life, I grieve for you. I'm sorry. But we can't have people offing themselves thinking they're going to go to heaven because you have no promise of that. You say, what do you mean? It's murder. It's self-murder. It's, it's, it's destroying the temple. I used to teach, actually, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if any man destroys the temple, then God will destroy both him and his body in hellfire. It says that. <laughs> However, I was wrong about that text because actually what that's talking about is talking about the church if anyone speaks and destroys the church you actually end up can end up putting yourself that's scary 
<laughs> but that should be preached. <laughs> you guys okay? <laughs> Self. And so she, she came, felt led to share that. Suicide is the ultimate expression of self. You can't take it. Nobody loves you. You gotta. You say, how do you know? I've been there, man. I, I, I've been there. I'll never go back. It's a demon spirit. But when you begin to worship yourself and make yourself an idol of your own comfort and your own needs and all the things you have to have, on and on and on down the line, then what you begin to do is you open up the door to the demonic because you're just worshiping yourself just like Satan did. What did Satan say? I'll ascend to the sides of the north. I'll become like God. I want to receive the worship in the same moment. Boom. Done. Self. Talking about the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to deal with yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, deal with yourself. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, deal with yourself. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. <laughs> Fasting's awesome because it just whoops yourself. Come on, it's folding down of your humanity. It's not earning God's love or earning God's power. It's, 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 it's coming to him in humility and positioning yourself to lie down on the highway of holiness so you can be run over by his glory. <laughs> Only dead men see God. Only dead men see his face. Do you remember he said that to Moses? He said, Moses, to Mo, I, 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 you know, I, I'm going to have to hide you to cleft a rock. I'm going to pass by. And you just can see my hinder parts or whatever it says of the King James. So he walks by. Do you know many people believe, rabbinic scholars, I've read this, that, that believe that when, when God went by and Moses was in the cleft of the rock, but he only saw after God passed, they saw eternity passed and was able to write Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Well, you know, Numbers, Deuteronomy is talking about the story of the, of the, of the Exodus. But Genesis, understood Genesis. Boom. I got it. Is that possible? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I've read this before, but I thought to use it again. This comes from David Meyer's book, The Inflated Self. He did a study of the inferiority complex. They ask questions, for instance, how do, you, how do you stand in terms of other class members talking to university students? How do you stand in terms of other class members in leadership? 70% voted themselves above average. Did you get that? So if you were to put yourself, if you go ahead and vote for yourself on leadership, where would you stand? 70% said, I'm above average. How many of you know 70% can't be above average? It's because we have a tendency to think too highly of ourselves. Only 2%, only 2% said they were below average in leadership. So there's some said, yeah, I'm average. Only 2% say they're below average. Ability to get along with others. Zero were below average. Now I'm going to tell you I've been pastoring for almost 20 years. That's straight not true. That's a lie. But in their own mind, in their own heart, and their thoughts, you know, that's how they see themselves. Why? Because we don't see ourselves clearly. Fasting helps see yourself. Out of almost 900,000 students, 60% saw themselves as the top 10%. <laughs> Do you get it? I mean, how can you be the top 10%? But we all think that we're better than we are. I'm being convicted again. 25% saw them as the 1%. Top one, 25% of the people, 900,000 students, saw themselves as the 1% of the class. It's not a problem with the inferiority. It's a problem with self. Standing in front of the mirror. I don't like looking at the mirror too long anymore. Because the longer I look, the more cracks I see in my face. I'm just glad I don't have any hair. You poor people got to deal with hair. God bless you. I just, somebody said, Pastor, I'm going to pray that you grow hair again. I'm like, I bind that right now. I don't want to grow hair again. I'm really glad I don't have any. You, know, you think about, what? Well, come on, where's my bald brother? What's up? 
Awesome. Praise God. Think, of, think about how long you take looking in the mirror. Think about how long. Now, some of you might have spent a little bit longer. Okay. The point is, it really can end up being self-worship. It can end up being self-worship. And you want to avoid it. You got to deal with it. In James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, says you do not have because you do not ask God. When you do ask, you, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend it on, to get, on what you get on your pleasures. There's nothing wrong with praying for needs. We do that all the time. But if it becomes all about that, you've missed it. See, God, David said this, for the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your prosperity. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's a right motive. God, bless my socks off, flow it through me so I can release it to the kingdom and we can reach the lost. That's a great, that's a great prayer. As opposed to gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy so I can go buy some more new stuff and fill your garage and have garage sales and do it all over again next summer. Maturity is, a, is anybody else getting convicted? Maturity is the ability to control self. Maturity is the ability to control self. And children are mostly selfish. And I'll tell you that if you don't train your children, we were, we were talking about this. My, my son, he has certain things he likes to eat and certain things he doesn't. Now, he cannot stand salad. Now, he's becoming a young man now. But in his uh, younger years, we understood that if we didn't have our kids, if we didn't force them to eat, and I don't mean like grab a fork and shove it down their throat, but I mean demand, mandate, that they eat green vegetables. We knew that if, we didn't, if they didn't eat green vegetables, they were going to smoke pot. Very good. I'm going over here. Praise God. I, I knew that it... We knew that if we didn't require our kids to eat vegetables, they would end up being dope smokers or drug users. You say, how in God's name you come up with that, that theory, Pastor? Simple. You got to learn to put your flesh down. You can't just, you got to learn to put your flesh down. Now, we didn't feed them stuff that they hated on purpose. We're going to discipline you. Eat the spinach. <laughs> we didn't do that, all right? They genuinely can't stand something. We're not going to make it for them every night so that they get disciplined by the Lord. That's nonsense. That's like child abuse through food. But if you don't teach your kids to put their flesh down, they will yield to pleasure all their life and self will sit on the throne and you will soon have a prison ministry and have kids from all different, you know, walks of life and, and you will have a broken heart and you'll wonder where and how did that happen? Simple. You didn't train your children. And then I've got a council, 40-year-old brats that need a spanking. Adult children that need to be put over and spanked, spiritually speaking. Some of you ain't laughing. Maybe I'm hitting a little bit too close to home, but welcome to KC. I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to preach to you what I feel is the word of the Lord. So let me throw myself in the mix to tell you I was one of those. You should see Karen. Oh, my gosh, really? She needed Pastor Karen really needed some help. No, I mean, I needed, I needed the chastisement of the Lord. I threw off the yoke of my parents, threw off the yoke of my, my home. I threw it off. I was rebellious and, and, and did whatever I wanted. I was really good. Fantastic liar. Oh, yeah. I had actually had a lying spirit, I think. I could pull it off. I had so much playing, so much going on. Thought I was all that. I had hair. Slicked that thing back. I was just totally ripped. Just... Thought I was a ladies' man. Really, I was perverted, bound, bound in lust, bound in greed, bound with anger. I was wounded, damaged, hurting, broken, headed to hell, messed up. Really wasn't even the fault of my parents. They did the best they could. And I'm thankful for my mother. She prayed me through. 
What are you saying? I'm saying you got to deal with yourself. And some of you don't have parents anymore and you're 40 years old. You need to learn to chastise yourself. You need to grow up. <laughs> what an encouraging word on a Wednesday night. Pitch little fits and use your anger to manipulate people. I mean, just serve. You don't know what I, I, I deserve better. I, you deserve death. That's what the Bible says. Bible says that you and I deserve death. That's what you deserve. You deserve to die. That's what you deserve. But Jesus died for you. Amen. So actually now you've been given a new life. So be thankful. Don't be grumbling, murmuring, complaining. Don't do that. From self comes depression, anger, guilt, fear, hurts, lust, self. Look at your other neighbor and say, deal with yourself. Perfectionism. Again, you can just go to Galatians 5 and look at the list of the, the look at look at self. Look at the you can look at it. The fruit of the flesh. Should we do it? Dare we take the step of faith? Yes, let's let's go there. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Go ahead, pull it up. Hallelujah. 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 It's pretty low. Huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Galatians 5. Trying to put a little sugar on it and help you out. All right. It's in here somewhere. There it is. Galatians 5 and verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft. Did you know witchcraft is from the flesh? It's manipulation is what it is. Hatred. Discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Oh, yeah, you busted. <laughs> Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, everybody say, but. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Oh, and it goes on. The book of, book of Galatians is tremendous. How to dethrone yourself. Well, first, repent. Everybody say repent. Repent. Ask God to forgive you. Realize you've been, you know, been the little dictator, the little Lord. Get off the throne and have him take over. Amen. Repent. It's a lifestyle. You know, when I've done things that are hurt my wife, she corrects me. And uh, there's been times where I've gotten defensive. But I'm going to tell you something. When you're getting corrected and you get defenses, defensive, that's just your pride, Slick. When you get defensive when you're getting corrected, that's just your pride and your own self. Just get off. Repent. Just repent. Ask for forgiveness. Come on, you know you didn't walk on water. You weren't like Jesus all like that. I mean, maybe you were a little bit today, but I mean, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, right? We stumble, right? So when you get corrected, I mean, repent. I thank God that my wife corrects me. She said, you need to relax right now. I'll go, okay. What do you mean? <laughs> and I'm thankful that my wife listens to me when I correct her. She's never wrong, though. 
You know, you got to have a relationship like that. I'm open with my staff. I'm, you live openly. You know, but pride is, is like bad breath. You're usually the last one to know. <laughs> we got to deal with ourselves. We got to deal with it. I'm, I've been dealing with myself. I'm convinced God's trying to just get us to surrender, to die. And you just, you just, just yield, son. Just yield. The quicker you yield, the quicker I'll do the miracle. And so I'm like, okay. I just stick out one part of me that just wants to keep doing its thing. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you say amen? But repent. Realize you can't do anything with Christ. You can't do anything without Jesus. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's amazing, actually. I am the vine, you to the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you're doing something without Christ, it's nothing. No matter what you might think it is, it's still nothing. But with him, we can make an eternal difference. Keep the right focus. Talking about how to dethrone self and allow for the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Keep the right focus. Loving Jesus. How, how are you doing? How are you doing in, in your walk with the Lord? I mean, ask yourself, are you as on fire with the Lord as you were when you first gave your heart to him? Have you grown in wisdom and the knowledge of God and stature? Are you growing in favor? How's your prayer life? What do you think about the most? That is your God. What you think about the most is what you worship. So let, let, let's just not mince words. What you think about the most, that is your God. That is what you're worshiping, what you're meditating and thinking on the most. Snap. What do you do in the dark? That is the level of Christianity you have. I don't care how you can pray in tongues and whether you can preach, pray, prophesy. I don't care whether you can sing songs, write music, play the keyboards. It doesn't matter whether you can, you know, you, it doesn't matter all the spiritual things that you can do. It doesn't matter if you've given half of your income and all of that. It doesn't matter what, what kind of fame or fortune you have. None of that stuff matters. But to say, love Jesus. He has a prescribed way of loving him. This will also hurt for, the, for those who are on the fence. One foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. This will sting. He has a prescribed way of loving him. And his prescribed way of loving him is obeying his word. That's right. That is how God, God says, if you love me, you obey my word. How do we show that we love God? We obey. Now listen, don't get it wrong. Don't try to obey so you get his love. That's messed up. That's legalism. Legalism does that. We've talked about that in, in, in the morning, Sunday mornings on grace. We've talked about that. Legalism tries to do the right thing, go to church, pray, fast, give, tithe, all of that stuff so you can get favor, so you can get God's enjoyment of you, so you can feel his love. But that's wrong. That's messed up. That's, that's false. The truth is, is when you realize what he did for you, his death, his resurrection, and all that he's done, you become born again of the Spirit. And then you begin to live the life keeping in step with the Spirit of God by the power of the Holy Spirit doing the right thing because you love him. It comes from a place of love, not trying to earn it. It's different. And honestly, it was hard for me because we're so, we're so motivated by if you hit the ball over the fence and you get the trophy, the performance orientation. But that's not how it is with God. That's how it is with the world. The better you do, the more love you get, the prettier you are, the more you get, the more money you have, the more fame, the more, the more favor. That's the world. That's, that, that's the devil's kingdom. That's how that is. That's not the kingdom of God. And it'll never satisfy you. It's a mean dragon that'll chew on you and breathe on you and beat you up one side down the other and leave you begging for more and no satisfaction. Rolling Stones got it right. Uh, uh, no, no. Remember any other song? All right, did I just date myself? Can't get no. Da-na. That's right, you pervert. You can't get no satisfaction. You can't, no, you can't get that satisfaction outside of God. I just cracked myself up. It's called the Rolling Stones, preverts. 
And that's what some of you were. But you've been washed. You've been cleansed. Come on, Jesus. You've been redeemed. You've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You're not in the old world. You're not of this world. Renew your mind. Change. Take yourself off the throne. Put God on and watch the glory flow. Watch the power come. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. Do his will. Acts 20, 24. And I'm almost done. Worship team, would you kindly come? However, there's the Apostle Paul. I consider my life worth nothing to me if I only finish the race and complete the task which the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. If we could take our eyes off of self and put our eyes on God and walk in the Spirit, we will have a full throttle revival. What I mean by that, I mean you wouldn't be able to get here early enough to get in church. I mean, there'd just be lines, people, people waiting for morning prayer, people, people waiting for, for service to begin, for one note to be touched on the keys of the hunger and thirst. There'll come a visitation of God's power that none of us have ever seen before. Yourself has got to go. I've got to deal with myself. You've got to deal with yourself. We ought to got to deal with ourselves. Can you say amen? Peter. Peter had a way of just trying to do his plan. Simon, Simon. It's interesting that he says that in that text. Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Simon was not his name. His name, his name was changed. But why would Pete, why would Jesus call him Simon? Because I think he was referring to his old self, his old life. Simon, 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 Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for your faith that you might not fail. And I don't know if you ever denied the Lord. I have. And so help me, God, I never will. Trying to possess character qualities of God in increasing measure and, and therefore I will never fall by God's power and grace he'll keep me I have fallen though when I first gave my heart to Jesus really touched by God filled with the spirit on fire in the word witnessing and you know the Lord just didn't do for me what I thought he was supposed to do actually what I thought he said he would do but the word from heaven was filtered through my own flesh, through my own fallen human nature. So I just knew God was going to give me my family back. I'll tell it just very quickly since I didn't preach long. I thought God was going to give me my family back, you know, the one I was divorced from and all that. I knew he was. Because of course he loved me, so why wouldn't he give me my kids back? Why wouldn't he do all that stuff for me? Some of you have heard the story. Right, so I... I go back like a knight in shining armor. I knock on the door, ready for the reconciliation of my broken marriage. And um, as soon as that precious lady saw me, I think she almost had a nervous breakdown. She, she freaked out. I think I almost got shot. She screamed, the cops come. I'm thinking, wait, geez, hey, Jesus, this is not the picture I had. The picture I had is they open the door like, you're home and you love God. We love God too. Let's serve the Lord together. And wrong. The cops are coming. I'm about to be arrested or whatever. You know, I don't know what's about to happen. I stood in that driveway of that house in Woodenville, Washington, and I looked up to heaven. And I would never suggest, don't ever do what I did. I looked up to heaven and said, you know something? You're a liar and I hate you. And I cursed him. I gave him the finger. Don't ever do that. I said, I'll never serve you. And I turned my back. I got in my car and I rode right out of that driveway and out of that road straight into the jaws of hell. Somehow, <laughs> somehow, God delivered me and he snatched me out. I was able to go back a few years ago to that driveway. By the way, here's what the Lord will do. I went back to that driveway about two, three years ago. 
First time back to Seattle, stood there in that driveway, full of the fire of the Holy Ghost, having revival meetings in downtown Anchorage. Uh, downtown Seattle, pardon me. Thereabouts. I stood in the same place that I cursed God and I wept with my hands lifted to heaven. And I said, God, thank you that you didn't. You, you, you kept me, Lord. You, you, you turned the battle at the gate. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We don't understand all that God's doing, but if you, if you stay on the throne, then you're never going to see God's plan come about. Never. Never. Well, you might make it to heaven. You might not. I don't know. Come on, let's all stand up on our feet as we fast and pray. If you have not been fasting, I'd encourage you to. I, there's all kinds of fasts to do. How about a, a fast from self? That'd be a good one. <laughs> kind of hard to do. <laughs> Did you get something from the Lord tonight? Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Call on his name. Call on his name. Lord, we've got to get off the throne and put you on the throne for your wind to flow and the river to flow. Talking about the Holy Spirit in this Wednesday midweek services. And God, we're asking right now that you would remove every hindrance. Lord, we repent. Come on, ask God to forgive you. We repent for being selfish. We repent, God. Come on, just spend a, a moment with the Lord. If your heart is dull tonight, you know what I mean by that? I mean, your heart is dull. Your walk with the Lord is not vibrant. Something's wrong. Something's wrong if you're not experiencing His joy. Something's wrong if you're not experiencing His, his good pleasure. Something's wrong. And you've got to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what that is. Revival starts within. It's not something that happens on the outside. It happens on the inside. It happens in the heart. Come on, call on his name tonight. We're just going to take a moment. Good old-fashioned altar call. You need to get with Jesus and deal with yourself than just come to the front. I know of no other way, no better way of humbling yourself than going like this. Good old-fashioned altar call. You need to get right with God. Get right with Him then. Quit playing church if that's you. Get right with Him. Just talk to Jesus for a few moments and we'll close. I didn't preach long, but there sure isn't anything on TV anyway. Come on, some of you need to repent. Some of you kids, we didn't have children's church. You know you've been rebellious with mom and dad. Repent, and it's God to forgive you. Altars open. Do I have to go to an altar? No, but there is something about it, no doubt. The tears that flowed at a place called Brownsville soaked, soaked the carpet. There was so many tears that the carpet would be wet. They would have to suck the water out of the carpet. I heard another story in Argentina, a man leaning against a cinder block wall. A cinder block wall, weeping over his sin. And he was a pastor. It's not like he was doing some big wicked thing. Not that some pastors don't do that, that some do. But he, God showed him. I mean, it's like Isaiah. Isaiah's preaching, 
Whoa, we live amongst the people who are dirty. Whoa, people of unclean lips. Whoa, he just beats up Israel until the train of the glory of the Lord enters in. And then the prophet says, Whoa's me. Whoa's me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm undone, he said. The pillars shook. The prophet, man of God. All of us have issues. All of us struggle with pride. All of us struggle with self. Deal with it tonight. Repent. That's what fasting is. Fasting and prayer is mourning. It's coming before him saying, God, I'm tired of my attitude. I'm tired of my flesh. Lord, I'm sorry. It's these things that put you on the cross. It's these things that cause your crucifixion. But God, you did. You rose again. And Lord, I come and I ask you to forgive me, to wash me, to cleanse me right now. Help me to be as Paul, crucified with Christ. No longer I that live. Christ lives in me. The man leaning against the cinder block wall, I believe it was a pastor in Argentina, wept until there was a puddle on the ground. An unpainted, unsealed cinder block wall. That is a lot of water. Would soak into the cinder block so much so that it finally was a puddle on the ground. Tears of repentance. We don't need more revivalists coming in in Alaska. We don't need a bunch of guest speakers coming. We need more tears. That's what we need. We need more tears. Oh, and there'll be joy. But I felt this would be the word of the Lord for tonight. Not condemnation, just honesty before God. Forgive us, God, for being so selfish. Forgive us, God, for not putting you first. Forgive us, Lord, for not serving, for being demanding, pride-filled, and arrogant. Forgive us. If you're not right with God all across this place, you want to get right with him tonight. Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him. If that's you, just lift your hand. You say, that's me, Pastor. You want to be included in this prayer. You want to get right with God. You're not promised another service or another day, by the way. So you better do it just now. Do it. If that's you, pray this right out loud. Say with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin. I step off the throne of my life and I ask you to take the throne. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my Lord and God. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray that you touch each and every one tonight. Lord, you touch us. You'd fill us. Break every bondage, every curse. We shut the door. Any door that's been opened by the enemy, God, we shut those doors right now. We rebuke every assignment and decree of darkness, every flaming missile of the evil one. We submit ourselves under your mighty hand tonight. And we declare ourselves to be your sons and to be your daughters. Cleanse from the former things. Now used for no noble and holy purposes. Take out the heart of stone and you put in the heart of flesh. God, we give you praise. Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to put on some kind of anointed slow music or Minister Micah, you can lead in 
if you want to, whatever you want to do. I just don't want to break this atmosphere right here. So we bless you. If you want to slip out, you want to spend time in prayer, you can certainly spend time. The church will stay, stay open for you for a while. If you want to take time to seek Jesus, do that. If you've not been a part of the time of fasting and prayer, then you can certainly join with us. Just jump right in. Amen. We love you. We bless you. Hope to see you over the weekend. Going to have a powerful time Friday night. Friday morning, our 24, 24 hour starts. And we'll go all the way through Saturday morning. Our men's meeting at 7 a.m. Women's meeting. It's called The Gate and the Well. We'd encourage you guys to be there. Got a new membership class. For those of you that have not signed up for that, there's still room. Um, we're probably just going to be serving soup. <laughs> soup salad and bread uh, it's not going to be a big heavy meal like we usually have but we, if you've not gone through uh, the, the membership class and you desire to you want to find out about the vision you want to find out about our doctrine and where we come from and where we're going you go ahead and be a part of that and Sunday uh, my dear friend Pastor Michael Gannon flows in a tremendous prophetic gift on the guy I mean like tremendous prophetic gift signs, wonders uh, it's going to be a very exciting Sunday morning, Sunday night. It's going to be preaching Tuesday out in Anchorage. She'll be back here Wednesday. It's going to be a great time. We love you. God bless you. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace in Jesus' name. Oh, and we pray for my mother. Come here, mama. We pray for my mama, God, that you'd give her traveling mercies as she heads home tonight. Lord, thank you for my precious mother. Thank you for my mama. Lord, bless her, God. And if it be your will for her to move up here, we pray that she would speak. As she said, she's not going to do anything without you speaking to her. So, Lord, if it's your will, I'd like that. <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless, let your will be done, yeah. Jesus' name, amen. Oh, that's so sweet. Bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.